All right, I want you to just, just focus for a few seconds and imagine with me. If you have, if you have kids, you need to keep an eye on that. That's fine. If you're, if you're at home eating your cereal and you really want to focus on that, just, just, just do your best with, uh, with this exercise. I want you to think about everything that you're worried about. <laughs> everything that makes you anxious. You know, everything that could possibly go wrong in the future, um, possibly hurt you or... Or even looking at the past, right, at all the things that, that you may have said or, or done that you're, you're fearful could cause problems, make people upset, lead to your rejection. And maybe the worry is tied to a relationship, uh, your family, um, uh, your job, maybe your kids, your health, the election, the country, finances, COVID, maybe even your faith. You notice how you're feeling? Like, yeah, you just told us to to think about what we're worried about. (laughs) Pay attention to what you're feeling. Notice how how intently your your brain is firing and working and creating and imagining scenarios, a tapestry of hypotheticals. Now, I wonder how, how many of you, while you were doing that, we're able to notice just, just how blue the sky is today. Did you notice that you are, are breathing, alive? I think, wow, God's breath is in my lungs. Did you see all the kids here this morning? Did you see the, the beautiful person or, or family sitting next to you, whether it's here or at home where you're watching? Did you notice the baptismal bowl up here? Think about the wonder of, of God's claiming love. Uh, did, you, did you think about the music our, our praise band just, just sang and how we get to worship the creator of the heavens and the earth? How every, every single Sunday is a mini celebration of Jesus' victory over sin and death? We miss so much glory we miss so much of the present and of God's presence. We miss our part in God's kingdom work. And therefore, we miss so much gratitude when we are consumed with worry. In our, in our last uh, sermon of this series where we've been exploring the things that keep us from being grateful, we, we must confront the barrier of worry if we are to become the grateful people God, God made us to be. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us and transform us, uh, that we might bear fruit for you and your kingdom. This we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Two scripture readings this morning, first from the Gospel of Matthew and then from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Invite you to listen for God's word. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. 
They don't wear themselves out with work and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then from Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses uh, 4 through 9. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I will say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do not worry. In many ways, that feels about as helpful as telling a two-year-old, don't go in that mud puddle. Or telling someone, don't think about an elephant. Uh, plus, we all, we all know what it's like, right, to be consumed by worry or anxiety, only to have someone say, and they mean well, don't worry, just be happy. Like it's some kind of magic phrase. And yet... Scripture says, do not be afraid and do not fear almost more than anything else. And yet, Jesus in today's first scripture passage says, don't worry. Your heavenly Father knows you, loves you, cares for you. And yet, Paul in the second scripture says, do not worry. Take your requests and thanksgiving to God in prayer. The words anxious and worry in Scripture both have references to feelings of being choked. Things have us by the throat and seem to be cutting off life. So somehow, worry affects us in a way that does not lead toward life and that would prompt Jesus and Paul, therefore, to address it. According to psychiatrists, worry refers to repetitive, sometimes uncontrollable, Negative thoughts, images, emotions, actions that result from a proactive risk analysis made to avoid or solve anticipated potential threats and their potential consequences. In other words, worry is imagining a negative future that may or may not ever happen. When we worry, the present gets taken out of focus because our noticing capacity is taken up with negatively imagining what might happen. A couple weeks ago, I had to go to the, uh, to the doctor because I was starting to develop a, a sty or get some kind of like eyelid infection in, in my left eye. Really strange for me because I never had anything like that before. As a part of my um, examination, they, they tested my vision with just that classic chart on the wall with the letters on it. 
Uh, it also had been a while since I was done that, and I was, so I was kind of like strangely excited to do it because I've always had better than 20-20 vision, so I wanted to like see, you know, how far on the chart I could go. And the nurse wanted me to do one, one eye at a time. So she told me to cover my right eye with my right hand so that I would just be viewing the chart with my left eye. So I pressed, pressed my right hand against my right eye. Careful, don't push too hard against your right eye <laughs> or it will make it harder to see. Too late. So when I switched sides and covered up the left eye uh, and tried to look out of the right eye that I had just been covering a bit too forcefully, apparently, I could not see anything <laughs> out of my right eye. Everything was blurry. Uh, because I'd been pressing too hard on it, covering it up. I had to wait almost a minute before things returned to normal and I could see what was in front of me on the chart clearly out of my right eye. That's exactly what worry does. Worry takes the present out of focus. Worry makes the present blurry because it puts pressure on our ability to notice the good and the beautiful of the now. God's presence and love and grace now. God's gift and provision now. The good news of the gospel for right now. God's saving us right now. Someone once said, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. But, but when all we see is what might happen, it's hard to see what is. When it's harder for us to live in the present and to notice and savor the goodness of the now, where God in Christ meets us, where God in Christ journeys with us, calls us to live, calls us to be on mission, it's also much harder to be grateful. It's harder to be grateful because gr gratitude and worry are kind of like character foils. Like Batman and Joker, Harry Potter and Voldemort, Dr. Jekyll and, and Hyde. If you think about it, both worry and gratitude are responses to things that we cannot control. But the responses are totally different. Gratitude is a joyful response to something good that comes to us or happened to us from outside of us. Something that we did not do or control. Worry is a response to something negative that we think will come from the outside, from outside of us, something we cannot control. Worry and gratitude both turn something into something bigger. Gratitude can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home. Worry can turn a molehill into a mountain and an unknown possibility into, sure to, into a sure-to-happen catastrophe. Worry is the result of a proactive risk analysis. Gratitude is the result of a proactive gift analysis. That's why worry is so good at killing gratitude. It taps into our response to things outside of our control and turns gratitude for things that we're experiencing and noticing in the present for worry for things that we're afraid we might experience in the future. Worry changes what and how we notice. Which is why when we look at what Jesus says and what Paul says related to worry, we notice so much emphasis on what we're supposed to notice. Don't worry about your life, what, uh, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at, notice, pay attention to the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
notice, look at, pay attention to how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work and they don't spin cloth. Similarly, Paul writes, from now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is is admirable, focus your thoughts on, notice, pay attention to these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, all that is praiseworthy. If, If worry is like dragging a negative future into the present, gratitude is about noticing the goodness in the present. The point is that instead of seeing or paying attention to what ifs or what could have beens, we we should behold and enjoy the the goodness that surrounds us in the present. Birds, flowers, sunshine, community, a savory meal, friendships, church family, forgiveness, truth, holiness, justice, loveliness, all sources of goodness for which we should be grateful because they point to the ultimate source of, of goodness for which we should be eternally grateful. God. In noticing the present things that point to God, point us to God, we don't just then jump to the future and see what, and see what might happen. Instead, we remember what, what this God, this particular God is like that we're supposed to seek first. The wonderful creator who created the birds of the air and the flowers of the field is also the one who provides and cares for them. And this creator is also the same God who created us. If God so loves and cares for the the flowers and the birds of the air, how much more does God love and care for us? The ones God called very good, very good. The ones created in God's image. That's Jesus' argument. That's where the good news is. It's in the how much more of God. It's in the how much more of God. Jesus is not talking about a God who is distant from the world, who doesn't care about beauty and life and clothes and food. He's talking about the creator who has filled, filled the whole world with wonderful things, full of beauty, energy, and excitement, and who wants people to trust and and love and receive from, from this God. Jesus is talking as the God who would give himself up for us on a cross to cast out our fear. He's talking as the God whose presence we should notice and be grateful for now in the, in the present moment so that we would actually trust that this same God will be with us, future tense, caring for us, saving us, providing for us, loving us, in whatever future we conjure up with our worries. He's talking as the one who said, cast your fears on me because I care for you. When Jesus says do not worry, it's not a platitude or a moral law. It's a reminder of the gospel, of the God who who doesn't even withhold his only son from us and who when God says that God cares for us, actually means it. Because how, how can we truly live in the present if we're painting the future with a paintbrush called worry? How can we be grateful if our vision of the present is blurry? How can we make disciples now? How can we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength now? How can we love our neighbors now if our imagination and our mind is in the future, worrying? I'll I'll never forget a pastor I, I knew asked this question. Why is it 
that we have less trouble taking Jesus at his word when he says, my father's house has many dwelling places. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am you might be also? Then when he says, do not worry about your life, about what you'll eat, about what you'll drink, or about what you'll wear, your heavenly father knows what you need and will take care of you. It's a great question, isn't it? It's like we believe that God will take care of us eternally, but we live like we don't believe God will provide and take care of us in the here and now. We trust God more with what God promises after we die than we do for the daily now. Now, just to be clear, I'm I'm not suggesting that that depression and chronic anxiety are, are bad faith. Or that simply being more grateful is this magic fix for for what can oftentimes be a a complex medical condition. Often people need professional and and medicinal help. And that's not weak faith. What I am saying, what I believe the gospel tells us, is that when we can confront, worry, and notice and be grateful for God with us in the right now, we can have hope and strength to bring the present that we're thankful for into the future we're worried about. Knowing that God is going to be there too. Instead of just imagining the worst and things never getting better, we might imagine the presence of God with us. So let's let's imagine again, like we did to start the sermon. Let's imagine again, except now, imagine and think about everything that you're grateful for in your life in the world. And if you have trouble filling a minute with this, it's okay to, to repeat things more, more than once. Just think about what you're grateful for. And again, notice, notice what and how you're feeling. Could it be that though our eyes sometimes strain to see them, All these things for which we are grateful are more substantial than all the collective things that we worry about. That they speak a truer word than all the potential catastrophes we conjure up. May the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, Guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we give thanks for the how much more of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.